Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. God is good, I'm telling you. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord. And I'm telling you, it absolutely blows me away. Can you guys believe we're actually already in the middle of January? Y'all can't, I can't believe this. Like I woke up, I told Kimberly, I thought we're on like the 5th or the 6th. She goes, the 5th or the 6th? Try again, we're like in the middle of the month. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. It is amazing how fast time goes by nowadays. And it's not because we're getting old like John or Melvin. (laughs) Amen, That's that's not why these things happen. I'm telling you, church, we live in a compressed time. And then we, how many of y'all know we live in a compressed time? I mean, this day, right before Jesus is coming back, listen, he has compressed time. You say, what, what are you talking about? It's like, it's like you know, you can, you can get a cup and you can put a lid on it and there's going to be air in it, right? There'll be air in it. But see, you can also get a compressed air and it can be, it can be compacted and pushed into a can. And what happens? It, it starts building up pressure and you have, it's so dense, you have twice as much or three times or eight times as much in that, in that, one, little, in that one little can as well. It's compressed. Amen. See, and this is the day, this is the age we're living in. It is a, a compressed time. Why? Because we're right before the Lord's coming back. I mean, we live in a day with so much information. We have so much knowledge. We've had so many spiritual fathers and mothers, Lord, that, that have been from the days before we arrived here. There's so many of them. We, we, can, we have the access to so much, church. We have the access to so much stuff. It's like the Lord can just sit there and he can just go and he can just push the fast forward button. Hmm? The Lord looks and he says, oh, ding, there's a fast forward button. Oh, there's Anthony. I'm going to put fast forward on his life. I'm going to push fast forward on on what's going on. Why? Because because that time is compressing. Listen, when he's coming back, listen, there's a lot that needs to be done before he comes back. A lot that needs to to take place before he comes back. Listen, church, it used to take decades to build a church that would would, start changing the culture that's around it. Not, Not one, two, three, and four, and five years. Hmm? But see, now, the day and age we're living in, God will come and he'll plant a church, and then within a couple years, a couple months, listen, it, it begins to change and influence the environment around it. Why? Because it's compressed. I mean, you know, ministers, they didn't have to sit there and train and sit under, sit under ministers or, or, their, or their spiritual leaders for, you know, 15, 20 years studying and going to cemetery, I mean, seminary. They didn't have to, they didn't have to go into any of that, amen, which used to take 15, 20 years. And now what are they doing? You know, God's, you know, getting you reborn, filling you with the Holy Ghost, sitting you under great teaching and saying, it's time to go. It's time to go. You know, minister to your neighbor, minister to your, your daughter, your son, minister to, to that person at the grocery shop. No, you, said, you see that person, lay hands on that one. I want that one healed. Lay hands on them. Why? Because he's compressing things to where we can begin to do the things that God has for us. I'm going to tell you, church, contrary to popular belief, we have work to do. We as the body, not just me, we have a work to do. We have a job to do. Amen. We have a job to do what? You say, we need, to, we need to be revealing the king's business. We need to be revealing who our Lord is. We need to be revealing the face of Jesus. We need to get busy about the Lord's business. We have got to get busy about his Lord's business. Why? Because there are friends. There, you're, you have lives of your friends, family members, 
Hmm? People walking out down the streets out there, people that don't know who, who the Lord is. And I'm telling you, you've been chosen to reveal him and to a dying and a hurting world out there. You've been chosen to do it. You've been chosen. Oh, I thought that's just the pastor's job to preach. No, no. You've been chosen to do that. Everybody say, I've been chosen. Lift up your hand and say, I've been chosen. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Send me. See, this is the attitude we need to grab a hold of. I mean, God's looking for someone that he can trust, looking for someone he can fill up with his spirit, looking for someone that he can send out to change the world around them. Amen. We got to have that attitude. Listen, listen, I may not know everything. Amen. But, but I can do what you want me to do. I have spiritual leaders to hear what you want me to do. And I'll step out and do it. Amen. Now, that doesn't mean every person in here, glory to God, is going to be an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, or, or pastor, or a teacher. Now, some of you may. Amen. But the rest of you can just go, ah, oh, thank you, Jesus. Hmm? But some of you may. But see, regardless of where he wants you in, in the ministry, whether he, whether he, whatever he has for you to do, listen, church, we need to come to this place of understanding something that we are called. Amen. You may not be called to, to stand behind this pulpit, but I'm telling you, you're called. Each and every one of us, you are called. You're called, you're chosen with a purpose. And it is our duty, it is our act of worship to get so pressed into the secret place, church, that we, that we can seek out what Holy Spirit is desiring for us to do, what Holy Spirit would like us to do. It is your act of worship to do these things. Your act of worship is not just showing up here on a Sunday morning. No, your act of worship is Monday morning, getting up and praying, seeking out the things that are, what do you have for me, Lord? What, what is it? What, I know you've chosen me. I know you've filled me up. You've given me a great church. What, 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 what is it that you need me to do? Because I'm right here. I'm right here. Train me up. Send me to do what you have for me to do. Send, for me, send me out to do the things that you're having to do, whether, whether that means starting a business. Hmm? Whether that means getting off our, our rumps and actually putting our hand to something. Whether that means stepping into ministry. Whether that's teaching children. Whether that's teaching the children up there or at our, at our beautiful school that's going to be starting here next year. You know, whatever that may be. Maybe it's a stay-at-home mom. Whatever it is, church, you're called. You're called. You're called. You're chosen. I mean, we've we got to step into what, what the Lord has for us. We are called, we are chosen. I mean, what did Brother Melvin, what did he minister last week? I mean, he ministered an amazing message, right, on, on putting our goals, putting our aspirations, getting these things written down, you know, you know, moving forward with what the Lord has for us, not just sitting back, just, just waiting for, for things to happen in our life. No, no, pushing forward with what we have. But how many of you know, how many of you know, these aren't just carnal desires, amen, that, that, we, that we think up. It's not like, oh man, you know what? You know, I'd like to have a Mercedes, so, so that's gonna be my goal for this year. Listen, if the, if the Holy Ghost tells you to do that, praise the Lord. But listen, it's not about carnal desires, amen. It's about seeking and getting into the secret place, hearing what Holy Ghost wants for you, and then putting your faith to it, pressing in, seeking after it, and going after it. Amen, why? Because he's that good. 
He's that good. I mean, yes, he, 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 I'm telling you, we serve a good God. We serve a generous God. I mean, a God that wants to pour amazing things in your life, a, a God that wants to impress you. He wants to love you. He's a, great, he's a greater father than any of us in here are. I mean, and we all want to take care of our children. We all want to bless them and give them nice things. Listen, church, our God is the same way. But I'm going to tell you something. Our God, although he wants to give us amazing things, listen, church, he's also a God that trains us up, just like a father. He will train you up. And he, what does he want? to do is to train you up to get out of your carnality. Oh, I'm getting quiet in this Presbyterian church. Hmm? He wants to train us up out of our carnality and get us to where we're seeking after his presence. So, and so then he can actually begin to pour true riches into our lives. Hmm? So he can pour true riches back into our lives. We got to see, start seeking out the desires that the Lord has placed in our heart, hmm? not just what our heart wants. But what has the Lord placed in our heart? What are the desires that He's given us? Hmm. Let's go. Let's go there. Let's go to. Let's go to Psalms thirty-seven. This is a verse we've taught on a bit in this church. Psalm thirty-seven. Some beautiful verses here. I'll just start off here in verse 1, I guess. It says, it says Fret not thyself of the evildoers, neither be, neither, uh, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Man, that, that, that could preach. He says, For they, they shall soon... She, for, wow, thank you, Lord. They shall soon be cut down like the grass, withered as the green herb. He says, Trust in the Lord. Put your faith in the Lord. Trust in the Lord and do good and you shall dwell in the land and verily you shall be fed. He says, listen, you know, if you'll just trust in me, put your faith in me, put your faith in my promises. He goes, listen, I have a land for you. I have an establishment, a dwelling for you and I'm going to feed you. I will provide for you, but you're going to have to begin to trust me. Trust me. Put your faith in me is what he's having to say here. Then he says, delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. He says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I mean, see us and many of us in faith circles here, we've gotten this verse so, so twisted around. We think that, you know, I'm just going to delight. Oh, who? I'm just, I'm going to get all happy of the things of God. And all I got to do is I just got to have a desire and God's going to give me everything I want. You know, I want this. I want that. I want this. And I want this and the other. And I want it all. And I want it right now. God, it's your job to give it to me. You know, let me rub that genie bottle and it's going to pop out. That's not what this verse is talking about. God's not feeding our carnality. He's saying, delight yourself in me and I'll give you. I will place, I will place the desires, my desires, I will begin to place them in each and every one of your hearts. I will place it. There's the, see, I'm telling you, church, our father, he has desires. He has desires for you. He has a plan for you. He has a calling for you. He has a destiny for you. Amen. He's saying, listen, if you'll delight yourself in me, I'm not, I will give you the desires of your heart. I will, I will place these desires in your heart, and then, and then I'll get to bring them to fruition there. I'll get to bring each and every one of them to pass. But say, are we going after his desires? Hmm? Or are we going after our own desires? 
See, it says, if we, if we, if uh, he, he says, if we delight in him, he'll give us the desires of our heart. You know, you know, what do we have to do? The, what does the preceding verse say on that in verse three? We have to trust in him first. Hmm? You have to trust that, that he's going to give you the desires. You, can, you have to trust that he'll bring them to pass. We got to put our faith in him. Trust him. Trust, trust this beautiful word of God. Listen, church, if you're not studying this every single day, getting to intimate with the word of God, listen, you're never going to know his promises. It's going to be very hard for you to, to know what he's trying to put or distinguish what he's putting in you and what you want with your own mind. Allow the word and allow the Holy Spirit to begin to, to mold you, change you. See, this is what that, that word delight means, right? It's the Greek word, or excuse me, it's the Hebrew word anag, right? And it does not, it does not mean delight like, like just joy, lifting up your hands in the air and, and get delightful and enjoying in the things of God. That's not what that word means. The word actually means to be soft and be pliable. It means to be delicate. It means to allow, allow yourselves to be pliable in the hands of the Lord so what he can do, he can begin to start molding you. He can start shaping you. See, so he says, listen, if you, if you will allow yourself to be put in the hands of the Lord, he says, I will begin to mold you, shape you. I'll start taking things off of you that doesn't look like me, that doesn't look like Jesus, that the world, they came in and stuck that on you. I'll start cutting that off and I'll start molding you and you're going to be beautiful. You're going to be just like Jesus. His glory is going to start, it's going to start glowing through you. And you know what's going to happen? I'll start, I'll, you'll have your heart so open to me, I'll start putting desires in your heart. I'll start putting a destiny in your heart. I'll start putting a calling on the inside of you. You say, well, I don't have a, a destiny. I don't have a calling. Yeah, everyone has a calling. Everyone has a destiny. But see, most of us don't. We'll never realize that. Why? Because we won't allow ourselves to get pliable. Oh, come on, church. This out, we need to get pliable. We need to get pliable. Pliable in his hands. Not in your wife's hands. Hallelujah. That's for some of you men in here. Bible in his hands. And he'll begin to mold you into what he, into what he has for you. Why? Because he is that good, church. He is that good. And what happens? It will become a delight. See, when you start, when you start hearing from him, he starts putting desires on the inside. He starts revealing what he has for you. It will become a delight. You, you'll, you'll start having joy. You'll have a joy. You, see, have you ever been around those Christians that they never stop smiling? Amen. Why? It's because they've been pliable. Amen. And it doesn't matter what's going on around them. Well, they're, they're just happy. Woohoo! All hell's going on around me. It, it don't bother me. That's glory to God. I know who my God is. You know, I know, I know, he's, I know he's called me to do this. I know it's going to happen. The devil can't take me out yet. I know what's going to happen. Why? He spoke something to me. Hmm? And they begin to be joyous. I mean, if you, if you have a frown, listen, church, we need to get in the Word. Hallelujah. See, when we get some. When we, get, when we get to this place where we're soft and pliable in the hands of Holy Spirit, see, this is a place that we'll begin to desire marriage. We'll start desiring marriage, what the Holy Ghost has for us. Amen. We'll start desiring these things in our lives and not just, not just social welfare benefits. Hmm? I mean, it blows me away. We live in a nation that promotes social welfare benefits instead of getting married. Why? Because that's antichrist culture. It's antichrist. But see, when you, we start getting pliable in him, man, you can't, you can't wait to, to, to step into what God has. You can't wait to get, I don't care. Oh, boy, you're going to lose some money. It doesn't matter. My God's my supplier. Not the government. Not the dial. 
He's my supplier. He's my supplier in everything that we're doing. It says, commit thy ways unto the Lord. Trust in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Commit your ways unto him. What does that mean? It means that be obedient. Be willing and obedient. You'll eat the fat of the land. You'll eat the fruit of the land. You'll eat the great harvest. We've got to commit our ways unto the Lord. Trust in him. Put our faith in him. And who's going to bring it to pass? He will. He will. He'll bring it to pass. Not you. He's going to bring it to pass. But we've got to put our faith in him. We've got to put our trust in him. And then he's going to lead us. He'll guide us. He'll direct us. And he'll bring it to pass right before your eyes. He says, he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgments as noonday. He says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospers in the way. Because of the man who brings the wicked devices to pass. He says, rest in him. Oh, that's a beautiful word. He says, rest in him. That's that Hebrew word, damam. And you know what that word means? It means to be, to be dumb, not being able to speak. It means to be silent, and it means to be still. It amazes me how much of the church thinks that rest means we sit back and kick up our feet and do absolutely nothing. That's not what rest looks like. You know, see, I can, come, I can come to the house and, you know, like, hey, where, where, where's mom? Oh, she's up taking a rest. See, that's what we think. That's what we think the Lord's talking about in rest. I mean, I mean you're, 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 you lay down in bed, you fall asleep, you're dead to the world. Nothing's going on around you. You have to do nothing. That, that's not what rest means. You know, what does rest mean? It means to, it means to, to, be, uh, to abide in the Lord, abide in him. Come to this place where you're so in-depth and so in tune with him that you become silent. You don't move an inch until he gives you, he gives you the direction. How I many of you, you got to work for that? Oh, it's easy to become silent. Really? Have you ever prayed? Hmm? Do you pray in the spirit? I'm saying it's not easy to get silent. Huh? You got to work at it. You got to labor at it. You got to strive after it. And when you strive at it, this is when we become at peace. We, this is where we become silent. This is where we, become, we, we don't move. Amen. What happens? We can begin to hear the Spirit of the Lord speaking to us. Oh, God doesn't speak to me. Have you ever gotten to rest? Have you ever got so quiet? Have you ever forced your mind to shut its mouth? Listen, I'm not just talking to you. I know, I know what it's like. I got a mind that'll go a million miles an hour. And sometimes I'll sit there, I'm, I'm praying, shut up, shut up. Why? Because my mind wants to go nuts. I got to tell, you got to speak to these things. Tell it to shut its mouth. To where you can get quiet. Allow Jesus to begin to reveal what he wants to reveal. Begin to start placing desires in your heart. Why? So we don't miss it. Church, we don't want to miss it. We can't miss it. Amen, but what does it say? Listen, we got we to get to that place where we're not paying to, uh, attention to circumstances around us here. And it says, rest and patiently wait for him. Fret not in thyself because of who's prospering in the way. Listen, we got to keep our eyes off of circumstances, your eyes off of things that are going on around us. Amen, and allow, and allow God to, to begin to bring us into that place of rest. Because see, when you get into rest, you'll have no fear. You'll have no fear what the circumstances look like. You'll have no fear what you feel like. You have no fear of, what, of what's going on around you. You won't have fear about the, about the recessions and the different things. You'll have no fear of these things. You won't pay attention. You'll know what's going on around you, but you won't be focusing on them. 
Why? Because you're in rest. You're hearing from him. You're hearing from him. You're quiet. And now I can hear from the Lord. Now I can hear from him and whatever we're doing. Listen, church. We become a people that are too easily swayed. See, we, we become a people we're too easily put off. We're a people that become too easily we give up on the promises of God. Why? Because things just look too hard. So what do we do? We, we forfeit the very promises God has placed in our heart. Why? Because things are too difficult. It's not really the way I thought that was going to turn out. Oh, I didn't think I, didn't think I was going to have to go that direction. I thought it happened a whole lot quicker than this. And what do we do? We, we give up because the circumstances, the circumstances move us off the mark. Hmm? I mean, I'm telling you, church, many of us, sometimes we think if we just have problems coming up against us, oh, God can't be in that. I'm, I'm done. Something can't, look, <laughs> let me tell you a secret, church. Listen, when God, you know, it's not that God, now sometimes God may not be in and, he, and he's taking his grace off of it, but, but many times, church, when we, when we were set off to do something for the Lord, listen, you will have everything come against you. Why? Because God is all over it. And when God is all over something, listen, you're going to have the adversary come against you, try to sway you, try to get you off of the direction that God has for you. Why? Because he, Satan can't stop you. Who in here knows that? How many of y'all saying can't stop you? But what is he going to do? He's going to try to bring distraction around you. Why? So you murder the promises that God gave you with what? With your own mouth. Oh, God just ain't going to do that. Oh, man, I guess I'm not healed. Oh, I guess this isn't going to happen. He, he brings these circumstances so you murder it. Why? Because he can't do it. I mean, you got, you got promises of God murdered in your life? Look right here. Start looking and say, man, what I say, Lord? I want to rebuke that harvest. I want to rebuke that harvest. I'm going to bring life into those things. Hmm? Your mouth is powerful, church. See, all right, see, we're, we're, we're faith people. We've always been faith people. Amen. Even from the beginning, it's always been about faith. It's about believing the word of God and, and putting it. Why? Because we speak things by faith. When we believe something, we speak it, things begin to happen. And sometimes our faith can be our own worst enemy. When we're, when we're sitting and we have more faith in what we feel like, we have faith more in the circumstances. We have faith in more in what, what Satan's trying to whisper in our ears. We have more faith in that than we do what God says. And what do we do? We speak for things and absolutely kill it. Kill promises that God has for us. Mm. Catastrophe. Catastrophe. We need to mind our words. We need to mind our words. We need to get to that, that, that place of being quiet enough to where we can hear his word. I mean, God speaks to you. Listen, it's hard to get off of it. I mean, you know, you don't have to have all the proverbial stars in a line. You don't have to have all the ducks in a row to know that God's on something. All you need is a whisper. All you need is a word. All you need is an encounter. And then you stand firm and you never back off till it comes into fruition. Hmm? That's all we need. We make things so difficult. That's all we need. That's all we need, church. Let's go here to Hebrews. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, the Lord's been speaking to me a lot through Hebrews here lately. I love this book. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 11, which most people around here will, will know this chapter very well. It is, the, it is the faith chapter. It is the hall of fame of faith. Amen. It's a great, it's a great book. 
It's a great book, but we're going to start off here. Where do you want? Let's start off here in verse 8. In verse 8, he says, By faith, Abraham. Now, for all you people that haven't been around here much, you don't know what faith is. Listen, listen, church, faith is not your denomination. You see, we see, see the church world, we've relegated what faith is to what faith are you? Are you Catholic? You Presbyterian? You Pentecostal? You one of those crazy Holy Ghost charismatics? What are you, a Baptist? And we think that's what our faith is. That's not what faith is. That's called a distraction. That's called the counterfeit that religion brought into place. What is faith? What does the word say faith is? Faith in, in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says what? Faith is the substance. It is the title deed of things hoped for. What's the title deed? This right here is your title deed. The Logos word of God and the spoken word of God into your heart. It is your title deed to what the things hoped for. What is hope? Hope is not, man, I hope it don't rain this winter in Ireland. Hope is not, man, I hope United's going to win the cup this year. That's, that, that's, that's, that's not hope, church. Biblical hope is a confident expectation of something coming to pass. Why? Because it's, it has faith driving it. It has faith driving it. has a word. It has a spoken word. It has a desire of God, and it's driven. It knows something's coming to pass. That's what hope is. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. It is the evidence of things not seen. It is the proof of things that God has already laid up in the spirit realm that you can bring it into the natural realm. That's what faith is. I mean, how many know where God, you know, we talked about this when we're giving our offering scripture. How many know everything God has already done for you, it's already laid up in the, in the, in the spirit. This is what Ephesians 1 is talking about. He's blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. You know, where, where is that? It's in the spirit realm. He's blessed you. That's where your healing is, church. That's where your prosperity is, church. That's where your peace is, church. It's in the spiritual realm. And you need to reach up by faith and grab it out of the spirit and begin to rub it all over your car flesh. This is where it happens, but it can only be done by faith. It can only be done by faith. He says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go into a place which he should, after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing where he went. He went out, he obeyed, not knowing where he went. You know, this, uh, this, this, this verse right here, this is, this is what the Lord gave, gave us when we were moving from College Station, where my corporate headquarters is for my business, where we're moving there, down to Galveston, Texas, which is about two hours away, two to two and a half hours you know, away from my office. That has to be, and in the natural, that's the stupidest thing you can do. Amen? Why? Because I still had to drive back, back and forth. Amen? But see, God gave me, God gave me this verse. He says, by faith, Ryan. By faith, Ryan and Kimberly and the kids, they, they went out. They, went, uh, they, uh, they, they were called to go into a place which they should, after receive for an inheritance, they obeyed, went out, not knowing where they went. See, I thought Galveston was going to be the full stop. That was going to be it. But see, God brought that verse back up to me again. He said, no, 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 that was just your preparation place. We're going to send you. I'm going to send you. I've been preparing you for a place. Amen. I've been preparing you for a mission. I've been preparing you for a people. I've been preparing you for a land. I've been preparing you for, for something that I can trust you with to what? To lead those people into me. Amen. Say, how many of you know the nations? They don't belong to us. They belong to him. Jesus is the one that won them. 
Jesus is the one that, that owns them. Jesus is the one that purchased them with his blood. And he said, listen, listen, you know, he asked for the nations. God gave him the nations. It cost him his blood. Man, what's our job? Our job is to reveal that to people. This is our job, to reveal these things into the people that are around us. Glory to God. I'm glad you're so excited about that. He says here in, in verse 9, he says, By faith he sojourned into the land, in the land of the promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. Heirs with him. This is, now, this is an absolutely powerful verse that I've never, really, I've never really seen this before. And the Lord, it just jumped off off the page when I was studying this week. And the Lord looked at me, started speaking to me here, and he said, listen, your natural seed, the natural seed we place our children, our, our natural seed that we birth, Amen. They are not only for our physical inheritance. They are not there for just to be a physical heir. They're also to be the heirs of the promises that God has given us. Oh, come on, church. Amen. Our children, they're not, they're not just our physical heirs. God, the promise, see, if this, if this does not get you into that place where you, where you want to get into the secret place and get so intimate with God that you know what his promises, you know what his destiny, you know what his calling is for you. Why? Because he says, listen, your children, they're going to be heirs of that same promise. Don't forfeit it by not even knowing what's going on. Because they're going to be heirs of that with you. Oh, that is, I'm telling you, it's powerful. They're going to be heirs of that same promise. See, me and us say, you're like, oh, man. Well, my children, man, they're, they're way off. They're way off. They're way off the mark. They don't even want to go to church. They're not serving God. They're not doing this. They're not doing that and the other. They're not doing these things. Well, I'm telling you, church, you know, you stay forth with the promise. You, you, you put something in your heart. You continue to pray. You continue to seek. You continue to stay in the secret place. And I'm telling you, church, that promise will be fulfilled. They will be the heirs of that as well. But we can't give up on it, church, because it gets difficult. Hmm? Maybe you got saved late in your life. And you're I'm telling you, you hunt after the promise. Why? So we can give that promise to the next generation. I'm telling you, the next generation is important. Huh? What are we leaving them? What are we leaving them? And then when I, when I, spoke, when I, when I was reading this, the Lord spoke to me. He said, he said didn't, you, didn't you pray for this? For my children. I'm telling you, that got me jumping, dancing, running around in my office, which is very small up in Barry. And when the, Lord, when the Lord's like, oh, my children, Jedediah, Lane, Lucy, they, they have an inheritance of the same promises that God has given me. Woo! What's the Lord speaking to you, church? Mm. He says in verse 10, For he looked for a city which had the foundation, whose builder and maker was God. He says, through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang up there even of one, talking about Abraham, and him as good as dead, as many as the stars in the sky and the multitude and the sands which are by the sea innumerable. How many of y'all know you're one of the stars in the sky? I mean, I know you're one of those, those sand that's on the seashore. Why? Because of one couple that stood in faith. We're able here to worship, hear words from God, from, from this one couple. I mean, I'm telling you, it's powerful, church. Absolutely powerful. Now, how many of you know, how many of you know that it takes two to tango? You ever heard that? It takes two to tango, right? It, ta it takes two people to, to make the dance, 
right? Now, now, what does that mean? See, it's not just about Abraham. See, Abraham couldn't bring this promise to fruition by himself. It took someone else. It took his wife. It took the one he was in union with. It took his wife to help bring those things to pass. I'm going to tell you something, church. Husbands, wives, future husbands and wives out there, listen, church, listen, and listen to me clearly. Man, you must humble yourself. You must humble yourself. Amen. Why? So you can come into agreement with the promise that God has made for you as a couple, as a union. I'm going to tell you, church, when, when Kimberly and I, when, when, things, when things are going good, because she's real mean at times, and she likes to fight with me, and when she's tough like that, things, things can get friction in the relationship. And I can remember sitting there, I was, we're fixing to go, we're at, a, at another church fixing it, and I was fixing to preach, and, and the Lord's like, you better do it, you better do it, you better do it. I mean, when, what is it? I had to grab her hand, and I had to start loving on her. Why? Because I had to break off that friction. Why? Because God was having a hard time ministering through me. Why? Because it's not just me. We're made one. We're in union. I mean, things have to be right or nothing flows right. Nothing flows right. I'm telling you, marriage, marriage is beautiful. But, but I'm telling you, church, we, we, it's, it's real. <laughs> Amen. It's real what the word says about it. It's real. And we need to humble ourselves to get into that place. It's not, it's not I'm going to do my thing and she's going to do her thing. No, no, no. That's not scriptural. That's the world's way of doing things. Amen. Jesus' way of doing things, what does he say? He says in Mark chapter 10, verse 8 there, he says, and the two shall be what? Become one flesh. The two shall become one flesh. No longer two, but one flesh. I mean, this, the, the, the science and mathematics of the kingdom is absolutely insane. And when you look at it, you say, there's two people, one person, two person. Right? When they come together, what does that make? It doesn't make two. It makes one. I mean, in the kingdom, see, one plus one equals one. That's what, that's what kingdom math looks like. It's just like when you tithe. How can I give 10% off of something and, and I don't even have that and it's going to come back to me? Because it's kingdom math. It's not, it's not the way the world decides to do things. It's promises of God. Right? The same thing with marriage. One plus one equals one. Not two. Not separate. And those two have to be humble. They have to be coming into union to do the things that God has them to do. In Ephesians 5, verse 31 and 32, I don't know what the crack is with this. I guess you know, there's going to be a lot of people getting married this year. Yeah. Amen. But listen, in, in Ephesians 5, 31 and 32, it says, For this cause, for this cause, it says, Man shall leave his father and his mother. Why? Because he's going to be joined. He shall be joined. He shall cleave, amen, to his wife. And what? And the two will no longer be two anymore. They're going to be made one. They're going to be made one. You're not separate anymore. You're going to be made one. You say, what does that even look like? What is joined together? I mean, what is that talking about? It's just, isn't it just a ceremony? No, no it's called make, being made one. See, that word joined together, it's also translated cleaved. It's also translated, you could say, glued. It could be described as being permanently adhesed to one another. Hmm? I liken it more of a word called welding. When, we, when two become one, it's welded together. See, how many of you know when you, when you have to get a certification for welding, you have to, the, the, the final test is you take two pieces of metal, two th thick pieces of metal, you have to join them together and weld it. And then they'll take a machine and they'll begin to bend that metal. And if that, if that crack comes or that weld is, you fail. 
Why? Because it's not, it's not brought into union. It's not joined. It's not cleaved together. It hasn't been made one. A weld, when it comes into union, all those atoms and all the, all the stuff it comes and it starts getting intermingled to where it's not separated anymore. To where if one side, it cracks on that side. Listen, it's going to affect the whole integrity of the whole piece of, of rod now. Because hmm? it's been made one. This is what the Lord's talking about. It's being made one. You say, why is this important? Why are these things important to us? Because listen, church, if you back on up to the end of that verse there, it says, because this is a great mystery. Well, let me, let me finish it off. I'll, I'll start from the beginning again. It says, for this cause, man shall leave his father and his mother. They should be joined unto his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And then he finishes off. He says, this is a great mystery. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Why do we have marriage? Because it represents Christ and his church. See, just as, just as Jesus, you know, welded us together, when we, when we come into agreement, we get married and we're, we're welded together. Listen, it is the same way when we get married to Jesus. We get welded together with him. And listen, church, that union can't be broke. Amen. We get met, we get welded. The two, we actually become one. See, this is, why, this is why he's so particular about marriage and how we take care of things and, and why we do things right. Why? Because it's a, a direct reflection on his church and on the kingdom. Hmm? It's powerful stuff there, church. Powerful stuff. We are in union with him. Glory to God. And we've talked about some natural things there. Because apparently some of us needed to hear it. Let's, let's, let's dig on this on the spiritual side here for a second. He says, through faith, in verse 11, through faith also Sarah received strength to conceive seed. So faith of Sarah produced a strength in her to where she could conceive seed. Now that, now that Greek word for strength there is, is many times gets translated power. It's the Greek word dunamis or dunamis. Right? What, what does that word mean? It's a, a supernatural, explosive power that God places on the inside of us. But see, when God places on the inside of you, it doesn't, it doesn't have power unless it gets ignited. What does it get ignited by? It only gets ignited by the Holy Spirit. Hmm? The Holy Spirit is the one that ignites us. He puts power. He puts great power on the inside of us, but it only gets used by the Holy Spirit. See, how many of y'all know you have, you know, people go around all the time. They're thinking, oh, well, you know, I, I, want, I want this gift. I want that gift. You know, I'm called to be a healer. That's my gift. I'm called to be one that works miracles. I, you know, I'm called to be, you know, have revelation gifts flowing through me. This is what, no, you don't possess anything. It's Holy Spirit. See, the power is on the inside of you, but it's Holy Spirit that ignites these things. In, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse, uh, verse 11, I believe it is, it says what? 1 Corinthians. <laughs> Thank you very much. What, is, what does it say? I mean, but it's the Holy Ghost that chooses to do these things. You see, too many of us, we want to try and get out and do things on our own. Listen, no, 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 no. What you need to do is get pressed into the secret place, allow the Holy Spirit to ignite these things in your life. And you, we want gifts flowing? Do you want gifts flowing in your life? Amen. God wants you to heal the sick. Amen. He wants you to impart the baptism of the Holy Ghost on people. He wants some of these things. But listen, church, it's as he wills. Amen. Why? Because he knows we can build ourselves up and make ourselves all real famous and, and make money off of these things. I'm telling you, there's preachers in this land that charge you money to pray for the sick. 
I say, bring them up here. I'll pay you to let me pray for you. Why? Because I'll show you what God can do. Amen. Because it's him that's working on the inside of me. But it's us getting yielded unto him. It's us getting yielded unto him. We have to allow him to ignite the fire. You can't ignite it. You can't ignite that. See, this is where we get the English word dynamite, right? See, I can walk around with 20 pieces of dynamite on me right here, and it's not very scary. It can't do anything except I can throw it at one of you and maybe knock you out, but it's not going to blow up. How does it blow up? A little flame will make this whole place come to nothing. There's a lot of power in it, but it has to have a, a reactive agent to get it moving. What's the active reagent in us? His name's Holy Spirit. Down your church, it paid for you to get to know him. Hmm? He'll explode things on the inside of you if we will get submitted and yield unto him. See, Sarah, she couldn't get pregnant on her own. She couldn't even get pregnant with Abraham. They've been trying for years and years and years. But see, when God gave them a promise, ignited the fire on the inside of her, what happened? Her womb conceived. Her womb conceived. Why? She received it by faith. She received it by faith. What, was, what, 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 what did she receive? The seed. What was the seed? Not just the seed of Abraham. It was the seed of the promise. It was the seed of the promise spoken into their lives that you are going to have an heirs as numerable as the stars in the sky. They had to receive that promise, take a hold of that promise, and then begin to walk into what God asked for them to do. Listen, church, there, there, there is a work to be done when we get a word. When God places something on the inside of your heart, there's a work that goes along with it. See, you can't bring them to pass, but you've got to have your ears open so you can follow the direction of Holy Spirit so he can bring it to pass through you. There is a work. We've got to labor for the things of God. It's not sitting back and doing nothing. No, it's laboring. It's laboring, but laboring with a being quiet and being still so we can come into his rest to see what he has for each and every one of us. Amen? You say, what does that look like in the spirit? Listen, we need to, you need to cultivate your heart. You need to cultivate your heart. You need to, need to allow it to be amenable, amen, for the word of God to come and sow seed on the inside of you. You got to prepare your heart. You got to get saturated in his presence. You got to get saturated in his word. Hmm? Then and only then will you be impregnated with his desires. Then and only then will you receive the seed, amen, to bring to pass what the Lord has for you. Is that for real? The right time there. Y'all give me 15 more minutes? I'm going to take it anyway. You might as well be nice. Is that okay? Huh? Thank you. See, Anthony knows the crock. <laughs> because this stuff is just getting good here. Come on now. Give me 15 minutes and we'll, we'll close up. Whew. Says, through faith, Sarah, she received strength to conceive seed and was delivered the child even when she was, even when she was past age. Even when she was past age, listen, church, I mean, you're going to have circumstances that come up against you. You're going to have circumstances that will come up against you to try to stop you. You're going to have trials. I'll even put it this way. You'll have people that will come up against you that will try to get to stop you for what the Lord has placed inside your heart. Oh, God ain't going to do that with you. God can't do that with you. 
But see, even on the flip side of that, church, you know, we will, we will have... We'll have circumstances, we'll have trials, we'll have people that'll come up and they'll try to get us to do things that God has not asked us to do. Why? To get you distracted. That's why we have got to know the word. We have got to be led by the Holy Spirit in everything that we are doing. Amen. We can't be minding, we can't be minding the, the circumstances going on around us. We gotta take a hold of the promises. The promises by faith. Hallelujah. So what did she do? She judged. She judged him faithful. Not herself. She judged him faithful that she bring to pass, he would bring to pass exactly what he said we would do. How many of y'all know that Abraham and Sarah, they're just like you? Hmm? See, many of us were, you know, you see preachers were up here talking, you know, and amazing things happen or whatever. And, we, and see, preachers don't like to tell you sometimes that they have struggles, that, that sometimes it takes time for things to happen in their lives just like it does with you. I mean, see, Abraham, Abraham and Sarah, it took them 25 years to get the root of doubt and unbelief out of them to believe what God promised them. 25 years. 25 years. I mean, how many of y'all know God doesn't go after this? Uh, he doesn't go after the, anything but the root in your life. He doesn't go after symptoms. He's not like a doctor that just goes after symptoms in you. And then you chase this medication with this medication, this medication with this medication. No, no Jesus doesn't do that. He goes after the root, and he wants to cut out the root in us. Sometimes we've got to get quiet enough that we can hear what that root is so we can deliver it. Amen? So what happens, and I will close with this, in Galatians chapter 4. What happens to us when we try to light the fuse ourselves? Does anyone know what happens? You birth a counterfeit. You'll birth a counterfeit in your life. You'll birth a son of the flesh. You'll birth a son of the flesh. And I'm going to tell you, church, that stuff is dangerous. It is dangerous. Now, I'll start here in verse 21. I'll just kind of skip through this real quick. But he says, in verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 21, it says, Tell me, what do, you, what do you desire, to live under the law, or do you desire to hear the law? Now, listen, Paul, by the Holy Spirit, was speaking to the churches in Galatia. And, and many, see, don't take these things that it was talking about sin. I mean, this is talking about the law. Amen. These people thought they had to, they could be righteous if they started getting circumcised. They started keeping the, the feast days. They started doing all these things. Then, then, you know, then God's going to accept me. Right? So he starts coming to bring a little bit of correction here. He says, do you desire to be under the law? Don't you, don't you know what the entirety of the law says? He goes, for, it's not, for it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one a bondmaid and the other a free woman. But he who was with the bondwoman was born of the flesh. What is the bondwoman? It's the slave woman. It was born after the flesh. And the free woman was after the promise. I mean, I'm telling you, I love how Christocentric Paul is here. He looks at a story in the Old Testament, and he brings Jesus out of it. He says, one, you go see, one, God gives you a promise. He'll speak something in your heart. And sometimes we will come to the place where we try to force a promise into fruition by the flesh. And sometimes we can sit there and we can allow the promise to be received by faith. I mean, this is, this is the, the angle we want, we want to change here. So he says, so which two are an allegory? They're a story in verse 24. But these two are of a covenant. One from Mount Sinai that genders bondage, which is Hagar. And Hagar is from Mount Sinai in Arabia, who answers into Jerusalem. And we know the story of all of this. You know, what is this? This was Abraham. You know, he, him and his wife came together. They couldn't have kids. What did he do? He went to Hagar. What did they do? They, they birthed something out of the flesh. 
In verse 28, we're going to jump on down there. He says, now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are we. As Isaac was, are we of the promise. As Isaac was a church, we are of the promise. Not, not, not of the law, not, not something produced out of the flesh. He goes, but, but as then, but as then he was born after the flesh, persecuted him that was born of the spirit. Even so, it is now. Now, just like Ishmael was born as he was forced into fruition by the flesh. Hmm? What did he do? He persecuted. How many of you know he persecuted Isaac? He persecuted him. He despised him. He despised what was born of the spirit by faith. He despised it. Just like in the natural religion, it despises things that are, that are moved by the spirit. It despises it. It hates it. Why? Because religion's birthed out of the flesh. Right? But a move of the spirit is birthed from the spirit. And it hates what's real. The counterfeit always hates what's real. Amen? So what happens here? It says, so your promise so are our promises, church, our promises that, that the Lord has dropped into our heart. Listen, if we, if we try to birth these things by the flesh, listen, we will produce a counterfeit that will mock what God's trying to produce in your heart through faith. Are you following me here? Are you tracking with me here? And if we try to force what the, the God has placed in our heart, what he's given into our heart, if we try to force it into fruition, it will begin to mock what God has actually told you to do. And it will definitely get you off track. But what does the Lord say to do about it? He says there in the very next verse, he says, nevertheless, what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman. Cast out the slavery. Cast it out and her son and what it produced. Hmm? For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. Why? Because the promise forced in fruition, the Lord says, it shall not be heir with what I'm trying to do through you. It shall not be an heir. It will not dwell. It will not live. It will not habitate with what I'm trying to bring forth to you through the Spirit. Hmm? See, sometimes we may think we're like Sarah. Oh, you know, you know, I know God, he gave me this. He gave me this desire. He gave me, put something on. I, I get it, I get it, I get it. But it's just not happening as fast as I think. Maybe what God really meant was go sleep with the slave woman. Let me bring a counterfeit. Let me bring a third party into, into, into our relationship. Let me weld another piece of metal into, into, what, into what God has placed and you know, married us together with. Let me, let, me, let, me go, let me go seek after the counterfeit. Why? Because I know that because I know that one can take place. I know, I, know, I know there's a problem happening with me. I know there's a problem, you know, hearing from God. I know there's things going on. But listen, if I can just introduce something else, I know I can get it. Because why? It's just about producing what, what the Lord is. He's going to be good with that, isn't he? I'm telling you, the Lord's not good with the counterfeit. He wants to bring something to life through each and every one of us, amen? I mean, he's saying, listen, it's like, I know my age. Man, I'm too old to be doing these things. I mean, what did Lester Summer at the, at the end of his life, when he was in the 70s, God gave him his biggest ministry. And he looked, he said, man, give it to one of those young boys over there. He said, no, I've just now gotten to the place where I can trust you with it. And don't allow ourselves to birth the counterfeit because it seems easy. And allow God to move in us. Why? Because I'm telling you, what we birth in the counterfeit, what we birth in the flesh is always going to mock what God's trying to do in your life. And it makes it very difficult. It'll make it very difficult for the, the, the life to be birthed by the Spirit through faith. 
It's going to make those things very difficult. Listen, church. Satan, he'll use time as a weapon to stop you. He'll use time as a weapon against you. Why? To try to get you out of faith. But we got to know, we got to grab a hold of these things that, that, the, that we know the promises of God will come to fruition because all he's going to be speaking to you, oh, that can't happen. Oh, you can't do that. You're not pretty enough. You're not big enough. You don't have enough money. You know, you're, you're in a strange land. You can't do these. He'll start whispering and whispering and whispering. Why? I'm just trying to get you to grab a hold of it. Why? Because he just wants you to produce a counterfeit. He just wants you to produce a counterfeit. Why? Because he wants to begin to mock us. See, I told you now. God can't do it. Look what you did. Look what you did. You did this. Now you think God's going to work on your behalf? But what does God say? Get rid of it. Cast it out. Listen, Jared, I'm telling you, many of us, we have some counterfeits that we've allowed to come in our lives. Hmm? I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about myself as well. Things that I know God's spoken, things I, I thought God was spoken, and then we tried to force things into existence. Why? Because I'm going to make this thing come to pass. I'm going to tell you something, church. We cannot skip the path where God wants to cut off things, where he wants to cut off the root of what's actually delaying it. We've got we to allow those things to get fixed first. And I promise you, exactly what he promised will come into fruition in your life. That's why he spoke it to you. He wants to bring it to pass, but we got to allow him to do it. We got to permit him to do it. Amen. We got to allow our lives to be as a living sacrifice. Every, we got to put our, our desires on the altar. Lord, is this from you? Is this from you? Or is this me? Put those desires on the altar. Allow them to be not just, not just you, not just your old lifestyle, but even the desires we have. Lord, is, it, is this from you? If it's not, I want it to burn up. If it is of you, let it be refined. Let it be refined. Let it be refined. Why? So it can produce exactly what you're looking at. Amen? But listen, we got to always, we got to constantly be checking our motives. Hmm? We got to constantly check our motives and make sure we're not getting off track. Amen? Getting our, our thought life, our opinions in the way. Amen? By allowing him. Everyone say with me, listen, church, say with me, I'm not going to receive the counterfeit. I'm not going to receive the counterfeit. I'm going to allow you, Lord, produce what you desire in me and through me. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you, Lord. Lord, we love you. Lord, we honor you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. You're so good. You're so good, Lord. You place your goodness, your desires, your callings, your giftings, your dreams on the inside of us, Lord. Lord, Help us to cultivate our hearts, Lord, where they can begin to produce the fruit that you desire. Lord, if we have any counterfeits, Lord, anything that's getting in the way, anything that's, that's hindering or stopping you from doing what you desire, Lord, we give you permission, Lord, take the ax to it. Reveal it to us, Lord, so we can stomp it underneath our feet. We can put it on the altar and let it be burned to a crisp. For Lord, we desire you. We desire you. We desire to honor you. We desire for your promises, each and every one of them, to come through us as we allow ourselves to be your vessels. Lord, may we be people that stop trying to pull you around, ordering you around, just asking you to bless everything we want to do. But Lord, may we be blessed because we're following you. 
in everything that we do. Lord, we thank you for it. Lord, we glorify you for it. And as we exit out of this church, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your, for your promises. We take a hold of your promises, Lord, in Psalms 91, that no evil will befall us. Neither shall any plague come to our dwelling place, Lord. For you give your angels charge. Lord, we are protected in everything that we do. We're protected on the airways, the seaways, the railways, the motorways, Lord. Even as we walk down the walk path, Lord, no wicked plan from a wicked man or the devil himself shall come against us, harm us, distract us, get us off course, produce a counterfeit in our lives. No, 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 because we, we're people that are dedicated to the secret place of the Most High. We have an ear to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is having to say. We'll step around those snares. We'll walk past them. Mm. Bringing your promises into fruition in everything that we're doing, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for this church. We walk out of here in faith and love towards one another. Walk out of here in faith and love towards you. Glorifying you, honoring you. Walking out here as the ambassadors of Christ, you've called each and every one of us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here that Island Church, we are covered by your blood, we are empowered by your word, and we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the centre of the town and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie